Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Turn with me in Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah 46. We'll get through with Jeremiah here and get on with Brother Ezekiel here before time. But Jeremiah 46. Oh, what a time. Oh, what a time that it must be. Oh, what a time that it is. 27, 46, 27. 27th verse 
But fear not thou, O my servant Jacob, and be not dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I will save thee from afar off, and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and be in rest, and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. Fear thou not, O Jacob, my servant, saith the Lord, for I am with thee, for I will make a full end of all nations, whether I have driven thee, but I will not make a full end of thee, but correct thee in measure, yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished. Uh, strong words. I mean, uh, have we been left unpunished? Absolutely not. But I, I really, really, really appreciate what he says. He said, he will correct us in measure. He will correct us in measure. You know, on the, on the Judah side of this thing, which is very, very interesting, the Scripture says that the day will come that they will look upon the one in whom they have pierced, and they will mourn. Okay? Now, there is a certain amount of deliverance, obviously, that's going to come to Judah from that. When we have now looked into the Scriptures, okay, and, and I'm only trying to parallel it. There's nothing, nothing scriptural that can be put to this. But we, too, in our own way, are, are, have now looked upon what we have done to ourselves, what we have done to, to the generations before us. Now, it couldn't have been helped because we have been blinded also. Right along with Judah, Judah over, over uh, Messiah, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, the church over the law. Over, over, the, over the covenant, the everlasting covenant. But you know, it, it's funny that the parallelization, or at least in my heart, is very close to the same. Because I'm saying, but Lord, if we'd only known, you know Judah will be saying the same thing. If we would have only known, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have, this wouldn't have gone this far, it wouldn't have happened. But the strength, again, is in the fact that we're talking about doing what? He's saying, I'm going to bring in, I'm going to I'm make a full end of all the nations, whether I have driven thee. He said, I'm going to bring you. He said, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you. And, and you know, uh, folks, I think a real great way of looking at this, we all have a free will spirit. Boy, the charismatics went crazy over that one, didn't they? But you know we really don't. I think, I think if you really look at this thing and understand the will of God is going to be done, wouldn't it be easier for you and I just to bless God, to embrace God and say, okay, I repent for my sin, my sin of, of bless God. And you know what you're really repenting for? Do you, you remember when Daniel began to repent for the nation of Israel? You remember when all that came down? See, we're really repenting for the sins of our forefathers, of which, as I told you at this time, we have been forgiven, but you're still going to have to repent. And it's important that you understand the depths spiritually of this so you can, so you can interact within it and, and, and realize you repent, you are fully forgiven. But that repent, without repentance, there is no repentance. Hope you understand that, okay? So... If you have come to that place, if you've come to that, 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 that to grips with the fact that, whoops, we've really made a mistake here, then it's time for you to say, Lord God, forgive me. I didn't know. Now that I know, I want to repent. I want to be forgiven. I want to come into this thing. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to walk where you've got a different place to walk here. I want to go back. I want to walk into the land of Israel. Now, brothers and sisters, if you have never thought, I want you to stop for just just a few seconds here. I want you, in your minds, and I realize that this is difficult maybe to do, but in our carnal minds, we need to think about what it was going to be like on that day for these scriptures that we've gone through and got many more to go through are fulfilled. What it's going to be like when... You and I climb off the airplane, off the boat, however it is, and God's going to get us there in many ways. What's it going to be like to touch your feet on the land of Israel? Listen to me, it's a prophet. The fulfillment of many generations will have been made or had. 
The fulfillment of our forefathers will have come to pass. The fulfillment of the old patriarch, Jeremiah, when he traveled all the way into the Isles, the British Isles, meaning covenant people, and delivered them the message and took the stone of Jacob with him, by the way. All of that now has come full turn, and we have fulfilled. The minute that Ephraim places his feet on the ground. Now, you know, uh, we, we, uh, I've alluded to uh, a number of times already, maybe at least two, I shouldn't say a number, about uh, us being the prodigal child that Yeshua was talking about, and we are. Folks, I, I, I don't know, but I, I got some kind of a feeling that we're about to have a celebration that's going to go on for a while. We're going to have a celebration that, bless God, that, that is going to go on for a while. And, and, when, it, and when it is, every time, uh, I guess every time the boat comes in, every time a plane lands, I guess there's just going to have to be another celebration. Baruch Hashem, right? Well, but we are going to do what? Rejoice and dance before the Lord God. Our forefathers danced on that very ground, that very earth. Our forefathers, bless God, were the ones that came out of Egypt, of which we now understand never again will ever be mentioned coming out of Egypt. The exodus that's about to come will overshadow it so far that they won't even, they won't even talk about it anymore. And do you know something? That's all Israel talks about. That's all that we're, you know, everything that happens with right now at this point in time, the Lord God says, remember Egypt. What we're going to do in, in, with Pesach, with Passover here tomorrow, we're going to remember coming out of Egypt. It's a commandment. Except the Lord God said there will come a time when you'll talk about an exodus that will be so much greater than coming out of Egypt that that, that, that part of it will no longer be uh, prevalent as to what we now have and what we now do. So, uh, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you begin to see that, you begin to say, wow, what is it going to be like? And like I said, if you've never taken time to meditate, you need to take just a while to, to, to meditate and, and, and to begin to say, whoa, I'm going to be all part of that? How's this all going to work? And, and how's it going to take place? You know, I'm going to tell you something. The gifting that's in all of our lives will come together and it will cause it. It will cause it to come to pass, and that's what's going to happen. Praise God. Let's go to Jeremiah 50. Jeremiah 50, fourth verse. It says, In those days and that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, they shall go and seek the Lord their God. Now notice it says that they will be going weeping. wonder what that's about. Possibly it's about the fact that, 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 bless God, that finally all this makes sense. Finally, the brothers are together again. Finally, we're not at war with each other. Finally, we don't hate each other. Finally, we're going to walk up that holy hill together and worship the Lord our God. Finally. Now the next verse, 5. Then it shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. Come and let us join. Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant. What is that perpetual covenant? The same one it's always been. And, that, and, and you see, and, and what Judah, that, see, that's the time when all this is going to come together, and you want to mark that in your notes or in the, in the margin of your Bible, is it, when this is all going to come together is when finally Judah, which we are going to provoke to absolute jealousy, is going to say and realize what's going on. They are going to take us by the hand, and they're going to say, Come, let's, let's enter together, not separately, but now let's 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 make this thing let's make this thing bind let's make this thing bond, and we will now 
have and keep that perpetual covenant forever. Folks, I'm telling you, talk about history being made. You talk about the foundations of this world. We are about to shake them. We are about to walk into something here. Like I said, we're walking into something here that's far bigger than a few people, a, a, a prophet or anything else. We're walking into to a thing that God is going to change once and for all, and it will never, ever be the same again. Why? Because we're going home. Let's go, let's go, let's go into the 19th verse, same, uh, the same area. Uh, same, same chapter, I'm sorry. And, and I will bring Israel again to his habitation and his seed to Carmel and Bashan. Now, now that Bashan, if I understand correctly, is the Golan Heights. And his soul shall be satisfied upon Mount Ephraim and Gilead. Now, he said, I'm again going to bring his, his habitation. In other words, and he said, and he's going to feed him on Carmel and Bashan and upon Mount Ephraim and Gilead. In those days and the time, saith the Lord, the inequity of Israel shall be sought for, and there shall be none. And the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. Again, proof that the sins of our forefathers that were passed down to us once and for all are going to be forgiven and gone. And I think that that's big-time stuff, as we've talked about in scriptures that have also um, uh, touched that. Let's go to Jeremiah 51. The fifth verse here. For Israel hath not been forsaken, nor Judah of his God, of the Lord of these hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. That even though we have sinned, he said, you've never been forsaken. Why? He said, I will never forsake you, and I will never leave you. Now, that's some kind of a God, isn't it? Some kind of a God that says, I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. See, uh, even if you make your bed... In hell, he said, I'll be there. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And, and you know, it's going to take God, obviously, uh, in this day and this hour, to do what all that's about. Why? Because we're not capable of doing that. But let me tell you something. Our forefathers were not capable of coming out of Egypt either, were they? No. They were no more capable of that than we are of this. But they did, didn't they? Listen to me. And so will we. You know, I used to, in the beginning of all this, I used to sit around, I used to meditate, and I used to think. And I, some of you have heard me say it probably often. <clears throat> now, Lord, now let's see. There can only be one of two things here. You either, bless God, it's come down to where the, all that's left, and there's nobody else to use, and we just happen to be here, or perhaps you saved the best to last. That's scary a little bit, isn't it? But listen to me. We are made in the image of God. We are capable of performing the things that God performed. Why? He said, all that I have done, ye shall do, and even greater things shall you do. Folks, we have not begun to touch what God has in store for those of us that will repent and return to the everlasting covenant, keep the festivals, keep new moon, and keep Shabbat. And I will tell you this, your life will change forevermore. You will walk into those places. You'll walk into the things in the volume of the book. You will be able to stand that day and say, yes, it was us. It was us that came back home. Those of us that was lost, now we are the ones that were found. And you know something? We didn't even know we were lost, did we? That's the way God planned this thing. Because if we know we were lost. Now, again, most of you in this room have been wandering around trying to find what you're connected to all your life. And so did our forefathers, by the way. And never understanding what God had done. And God didn't intend for us to understand it until now. And now it is time. It has come to the point in time of this generation, just as it came to the point in time in Moses' generation, that the Lord God said he heard the cry of Israel after, what, 400 years. He heard their cry. He heard the cry in the spirit 
even our forefathers that would have put it forth, even that we have cried out and not even knowing what we were crying out, Lord God, I'm lost. There's got to be more, God, than I've got. There has to be more to this thing than just going to church. There's got to be more. Why were they without sickness and we have it? Why did they have prosperity and we're broke? Why? And folks, those are honest questions. But nobody wanted to stand up in, in, in front of the church and say, why? You know why? Because you get booted out. That's the why. If, if, you become, if, you, if you become something outside of the realm of any place that you're at, then you become a renegade, or you become this, or you become that, and, and, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna disperse you from their midst. So we sat back and not knowing why, but you see, we're not the first to search. Your fathers, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, your great-great-grandfathers, and the great-great-great-great back to a thousand great-grandfathers searched. Not even knowing what we were looking for, not even, and, not even, and not able to find it, but always searching. And now we know what we were looking for. And that's the reason this entire thing is so easy. It's real simple. You preach Ephraim. You call Ephraim home. If their hearts don't jump, then they're not the remnant. See you around. Bring in the next group. And that's the way this works. Just bring in the next group. Because we are going to do what? We are going to come forth, and we're going to bring forth. As I said, I... I thought it was so neat to find out that we're really fishers and hunters. That God has set you. You're now officially. Say, I am now officially a fisher or a hunter of Ephraim. Ephraim, come home. You're officially it. It's now in your hands. It's now up to you. Up to me. Up to them. The more we search, the more we find. As I said, and I, I stood one night on my back uh, uh, step, my home, and I looked up to heaven and I said, You know, Lord, there's so few of us. Now, folks, when I say few, I mean few. This is a bunch right here. I, you know, there's a, there, there ought to be a definition for a bunch. Well, I consider this a bunch, okay? Now, there's bunches. Now, we won't go on past that, but, but uh, there, there's different categories to this thing, okay? And there were so few. And I, and I said, well, we've got to find somebody so somebody can find somebody else. Now, that made sense to me, all right? But you know something with God? Little is much. That's what I said. Enjoy these times when we all get together and put a name tag on and call each other by name. Enjoy it. Because, folks, it's not going to last all that long. The tens have turned now to hundreds. As I said, the hundreds will turn to thousands. And before it's over, it'll be millions. And, and, and at all the time, we, you and I, will never forget the small beginning. You realize there's going to be some come in late that's never going to know the small beginning. They're never going to know how they had to, had to find a little old town in the middle of southern Illinois called Fairfield that has one hotel, two actually, I guess, and, and, and nobody, is, nobody is really and truly going to know what we did. But we will, and we'll never forget. Why? Because this is what God began. This is what, everything that you have done up to this time was to be here. And if you can grasp onto that, it's a great nugget from God. Everything you've been through, everything that's not worked out, everything that bless God that has worked out, Everything that you have prayed, everything that you have fasted, everything you have studied has brought you to this point so that you can say, I am Ephraim. So you can know that you're the remnant of Almighty God and that God is going to take you along with the rest. We're going home. And, and you know, it's like I said, I, I, I said, well, Lord God, man, it's going to take real dollars here. Because like I said, nobody's going to get left behind. There's not going to be anybody left behind. Anybody that wants to go is going to go. I don't care if you've got 15 cents or $15 million. It's not going to make any difference. 
If you don't go, we don't go. We're going. Did you understand what I said? We're going. And that's the reason that we will finally come, like I said, to the most blessed place that a generation has ever seen since the apostles in the book of Acts. We will have come to the place of realizing, kind of like I've told the guys, kind of like the, the three musketeers, you know, one for one, and all for one, and one for all. The blessed God that if I've got and you don't, I'm going to give it to you. And we're going to have it together. Why? Because, folks, we're going home. We're going home to land where God said that he'll increase, he will bless, he will watch over it to do it. All we've got to do is show up. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? All we've got to show up. We, he didn't say after you get there we're going to have to turn cartwheels and we're going to have to, you know, raise the dead. No, no. He said just show up. I'll watch over this thing to perform it. I will see to it that I plant you. I will see to it that you increase. Because, you see, that's the plan that he had for us in the beginning. And the wisest guy, I love this part, the wisest man in the world messed it up, Solomon. Now, 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 I hate to say this, but at this point in time, you wise is as wise does, or stupid is as stupid does. You know, I don't know, but, but, but at least the scriptures have are, are, are told us that he was the wisest man that ever walked the face of this earth. But you see, folks, that, that's not a shoe-in. And, I, and I, that's the thing that I try desperately to get into the hearts of each and every one of you to understand. That's the reason I'm, I talk about ministry. Just because there's a call doesn't mean you're going to fulfill it. Just because Ephraim's going home doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go. Now, you can go, but we've got a lot of work in order to get you ready. Because we're not going to take you over there and then start teaching. Oh, there's going to be some of them that's going to come in late. I agree to that. With some of the ministry, we talked about that. There's going to, this is, I mean, uh, uh, listen, we've got to keep this thing going forward. We can't every time somebody new comes in the group back up and start over at, uh, at Space 101. We got to keep moving forward. That's that, again. That's a reason we need people to take the responsibility of stepping up and saying, "Hey, let me take that brother and sister under my me and my wife's wing, and 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 we'll tutor them. We'll bring them up to speed here, and we'll begin to teach them what we've been taught." Now, do you understand the invaluable part that we can't be out here teaching ten different things, or twenty different things, or a hundred different things? We're going to have to teach so everybody gets on the same page. Probably tired of hearing that by now, but uh, get used to it. You'll learn to love it. Okay? Now, if we may, let's go now into the book of Ezekiel. Now, I always liked the book of Ezekiel. It always, you know, he never kind of knew what the guy was going to do. I mean, he was definitely being led by the Spirit of God. The 11th chapter, the 16th verse. 11, chapter 16. And it goes like this. Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord God, Although I have cast them forth from among, uh, for among, for off, oh, get a minute, among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them as a little sanctuary in the countries where they shall come. Now, now, now I want to stop here and prophetically tell you what that is. The little sanctuary in the countries from whence we, from where we did come, is the church. Okay. Seventeen. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where ye have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel, promise from God. And they shall come thither. And they shall take away all the detestable things thereof, and all the abominations thereof from thence. What's he going? We have us to do. We're going to cleanse the land. You can't bring a land to holiness until we are what? Holy. Now you begin to understand why I keep banging and screaming and jumping up and down and saying to you, you have got to get the sin out of your lives. We have got to. You, we can't. You know, he's talking about all kind of evil within this. Now the next verse says. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and will give them a heart of, a heart of flesh. Now, this is really neat. What's the new spirit that's going to be put within us? 
It's going to be that of the everlasting covenant, and we're going to have a new spirit or a new zeal, okay? Not an, not an actual change of spirit man. No, no, a new zeal, okay? And I'll take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of, a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people, I will be their God. Now, again, I, I really do like that because of the fact that he's saying that they shall keep, that they're going to keep, we're going to keep the law. And not only are we going to keep it, we're going to do it. You know, it's one thing to say, I keep Sabbath and never do anything about Sabbath. It's one thing to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep Rosh Hashanah, which is New Moon in Hebrew, uh, at, but never have anything to do with it. You, you have to do it. You have to participate in it. Uh, over and over again, I, you know, I, I tell people, it, it's going to take time to, do, to learn to do these festivals. You're, you're going to learn something new every year. You're going to apply it, and you're going to grow in it. And, and so sit back, relax, and don't think that you've got to get it all done in one year because you can't. All right? Just sit back and relax and enjoy it because God's going, to, God's going to bring you. You're learning, and God understands your learning. And bless God, you, I know that we had a situation here we talked about last night. One of the sisters said, boy, I know what i got to do when I get home here. I've got to get there's some things I didn't know I needed to get out of the house. Now, God says what? What is God looking at? The purpose and the intent of what? This. He knows you're going to mess up. Bless God, you're not going to get all this right the first time. And if you do, don't pat yourself on the back. But he's going to teach you. And, and it's like I said, it's okay because you'll do it right next time. If you don't get it this time, do it next time. But with every passing year, and that, again, is the reason that we want our, the, the, the ministry in these fellowships before every festival, a week or two or whatever, is to go back and teach on that particular festival that's coming. Teach into it. Get you to, get, getting you to understand the importance of it and the function that it is with God himself. And then through that, then God's going to be able to, you know, God's going to, God's going to, he's, there's going to be some doors, some avenues, some areas that are going to be opened up that are going to be absolutely astounding to you. See, I, I, I keep saying, if you're not going to do anything else, keep Sabbath. Okay, if you're just not, keep Sabbath. Because Sabbath is very near and very near to the Lord God. He placed it in what we call the Ten Commandments, all right? And he said in that, and what I love about it, he said, remember the Sabbath to keep it what? Holy. Do you realize what holy is? Undefiled. Keep it holy. Oh, but Yeshua, Jesus come along and said, you know, that he was the Lord of the Sabbath, and when the, dog, the ox fell in the ditch, pulled it out. You know what he was doing? He was teaching them about what happens when you get yourself into a place of legalisms. Don't let the, do the, the ox die because it's Sabbath and that did. Pull the thing out of the ditch for Pete's sakes. So, oh, he was talking. Yes, I'm sorry he was. And that's the reason I keep saying to God, people, you know, I, I, you know, I'm go, get into some of these things. We get in some places, and, and 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 folks, I'm sorry, but I'm just such a stickler about the Word of God. And you you tell on yourself every time. You, you every time you come and start asking me questions, you know, the first thing I'm doing inside of me, I'm going, it was in what I did on such and such. I wonder why they didn't get it. You know why you didn't get it? You didn't study it. You may have listened to it. Anybody can listen to it, but you have to study. You have to get that. You have to be in that thing all the time. Somebody said to me, he said, well, now, now I need to ask this question. Now, my girlfriends and I have to work on Saturday. Should we, uh, uh, you know, quit our jobs or should we just go ahead and work them? I said it was, it was in Sabbath tape, the Sabbath uh, CD. And they looked at me kind of funny. And I said, there's what I'm saying. So I was just particularly talking to that group about the fact how that they have gotten to the place where they're, hee-haw, look at us, we're this. They're not studying. And I said, the answer is there. And if, if you ask, oh, what is the answer? Some of you might, and some of you rightly can ask because you don't know. Well, the fact of it is, God will get you to the place where you won't be working on Sabbath. Don't, don't throw the baby out with the dishwater, okay? Don't go set up and quit your job and not pay your bills. I'm sure, I'm sure God can do anything, but don't tempt him either. You keep the job, you observe Sabbath, and say, Lord, you know, get me a better job where I don't have to work on, on Shabbat. 
And you know something? He will. It may not be tomorrow, but he'll do that if you'll keep honoring the part of Shabbat that you can honor. And, and, and that's, that's what this gets into. It gets into the fact that, okay, uh, you know, here it is, Shabbat's here. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I, 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 I really feel like I need to go shopping and get myself a pair of new shoes, and that's pulling the ox out of the ditch. Oh, no, I'm sorry, sister, that's not. No, that's not at all. That's not even close to it, okay? So, so what you gotta, you gotta, you gotta use a little, little bit of common sense with this thing. But you know what we often do? We often take, we often take God's rules and we begin to twist them so it works out for our lifestyle. We often do that. And, and, and a lot of what we have in a lot of the church today is that, you know, the old line Pentecostal, uh, if you've ever, uh, they called it, and a lot of it holiness, uh, uh, holiness, uh, Pentecostal. Uh, if, if you, bless God, was ever around a lot of that, uh, bless God, you girls know that you, you put your hair up in a bun, you wore a long dress, you didn't wake any, wear any makeup and no jewelry. You know that. That was, that's why the fellows all wore long sleeve shirts down to here, and, and, that's, and that's just the way it was. Now, the problem was we may have been, a fool, been able to fool each other, okay, but the way we dressed, the problem was you can't fool God because he's looking inside here. And, and so we, we take rules and we begin to rule, uh, begin to change them. And so I remember when the, the Assembly of God organization had, had, had grown, and, and because it was around before I was around, I'm not that old. And anyway, I began to see something that was very, very interesting. I began to see this old line holiness group over here looking over there, going, wow, they got something going on over there. Look at all the cars. I think I'll talk to that brother such and such used to go here. And before you know it, that old line Pentecostal started losing clout. Because everybody going, hey, we can go over there. <laughs> Can't go in. At first, you couldn't go in without a, a dress on girls. But uh, I, think that, I think that's even changed now. But anyway, in other words, the rules was relaxed. And so you could go over and speak in other tongues, believe in healing, believe in miracles, and not have to run around. Have you ever been anywhere where there was a group of holiness people come in? You see them a block away. They all look the same. Come on. Then they do. And I'm not, I'm not knocking the fact that that's what they look like and what they want to do. But see, again, holiness isn't here. It's in here. We can fool each other by going around looking like we're holy. But, but folks, God's looking straight into this. And I'm going to tell you something. He is not hiding, is he? No, he's not. He's not hiding. So when you begin, when you begin to examine, and especially when you, as Ezekiel begins to prophesy and say the things that he was prophesying, and saying we, we begin, we begin to get the idea here that this thing is going to get wound up. Now, what I love about Scripture is I'm certain, brothers and sisters, that when Ezekiel prophesied this. He believed that, bless God, it was going to happen in his lifetime. We all do, see. Paul preached, Paul preached, bless God, the coming of the Lord so hard that they actually believed that the Lord was going to come in their day. You read that and study it, you'll find out that's the truth. Let's, let's go on to Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. Ezekiel 20. Now, in Ezekiel 20, 34. Ezekiel 24:33 As I live saith the Lord God surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out I will rule over you Who's going to be the ruler God And I will bring you out from the people and I will gather you out of the countries wherein ye are scattered with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. Where's the wilderness of the people? The church. That's the wilderness of the people. And he said, I, I, and I will plead with you face to face. What do you think's going on now, church? God, through this prophet, is pleading with you face to face. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm saying, hey... This is the way, as I'm always saying, the hog ate the cabbage. Look at 36. 
Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. He pleaded with them. He's pleading with us now. And I will cause you to pass under the rod. Now what did he say? I'm going to cause you to pass under the rod. And I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. So he says, I'm going to do this thing. Whether you like it or you don't like it, you're going to pass under the rod. What does that mean, Pastor? God's going to get tough. God is going to get tough. God's going to, God's going to show us that he's God. He's going to show us that we are his creation. He's going to show us that we really, our vote doesn't count, period, with him. What he said he would do, he will do. 38, and I will purge out from among you the rebels. Uh-oh. Woo! I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that, that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Sounds to me like well, there's going to be a few get lost here in this shuffle, this thing. As for you, O house of Israel, saith the Lord, God, go ye, serve ye, uh, every one his idol, and hereafter also, if you will not hearken unto me, but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and with your idols, for in mine holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall all, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, serve me. There will, will I accept them, and there will I require your offerings and the first fruits of your oblation with all your holy things. He said, listen up, boys and girls, and this is the way it's going to be. 41, I will accept you with your sweet savor when I bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries wherein ye have been scattered, and I will, I will, be, will sanctify you before the heathen. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I lifted up mine hand to give it to your fathers. And there shall ye remember your ways and all your doings wherein ye have been defiled. And ye shall loathe yourself in your own sight for all your evil that you have committed. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have, I have wrought with you for my name's sake not according to your wicked ways, not according to your corrupt doings, O you house of Israel, saith the Lord God. So again, he's talking, and he's saying, I'm, I'm going to bring you out. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm, I'm going to prepare you and, and, and all the things that God needs to do. But you know the bottom line of this thing. We have talked about, uh, through generations, about utopias. There have been different religious sects bless God, uh, here in the United States and other point, places of the world that have believed that they have heard from God and that they're now going to be setting up, now listen, the perfect church. And a lot of that goes on. Some of them, as I said, separated themselves. And we're not going to name names and get into all that, you know, people that I'm talking about. And they really believed that they were going to reach out and they were going to live in, in something and in a way that nobody else in the world did. Now, let me ask you this. Have they ever done that? No. You know why? It's reserved for Ephraim when we go home. We will live in a type of utopia. We will live there. We will have everything that's imaginable will be ours. We will stand sinless before the Lord our God. And he will honor that. And, I, you know, boy, I'll tell you what, when you, when you get to looking and thinking about the implications of that, you, you get to, you know, you kind of back up and you go, wow. Boy, what, 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 kind, of a, what kind of a deal is this? What kind of, what kind of a God is, is in control here? The God of all creation is in control here. Why us? Again, we're all the God's God. Whether we're, the, whether we're all that was left or we're the best of the last and the best of what he had doesn't make any difference. He's capable, he is able, and he is going to show himself strong through us. Why? Because he's got no other alternatives. But he does have rules in which he's asking. No, he's demanding that we follow. And if you and I can come into the place where we will come under those rules and realize with those rules, bless God, that, that we can, and bless God, we, we're going to have to, uh, 
uh, succumb to the things of, of God himself. And, and again, the simplest way to look at this is if God said it, just do it. Get, 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 your, get the spirit of religion out of the way. Just, just stop it. You know, I just... I get so tired of hearing people, well, you know, they in the first church of the righteous, they say this, and, and we don't believe that. And I mean, you sprinkle, but I think this, and this does. Just just shut up. Just do what the Bible says to do. And if you can do that, folks, you'll be, you'll, you know, you'll have a leg up on everybody else because everybody else is arguing. Everybody else is trying to decide what is it we should do. How is it we should get this done? Well, we all know one thing. You don't want to be acting like those Jews act. Yeah, well, that's pretty well the way we've we've come down with this thing. Don't be acting like the Jews act. Well, I got news for you. Not all the way the Jews acted was all that bad. Okay, let's go on. Let's go to Ezekiel twenty-eight. Ezekiel twenty-eight. Let your fingers do the walking. Twenty-eight twenty-five. Thus saith the Lord God, when I have gathered the house of Israel from the people among whom they are scattered. Now, who is that? That's Ephraim. And shall be sanctified in them in the sight of the heathen. Then shall they dwell in their land that I have given to my servant Jacob. And they shall dwell safely therein, and shall build houses and plant vineyards. Yea, they shall dwell with confidence when I have ex- executed judgments upon all those that despise them around about them. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Again, He's just coming at them saying, hey, boys and girls, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in a way that the whole world's going to know it. Nothing's going to touch the apple of his eye. Nothing's going to. And finally, we're going to finally get ourselves in a position to do what? To be exactly that. And I'm going to tell you, for that, for that, you, you can, you know, you can jump up and down, you can shout, you can do whatever you want to do. But, but when you know that, bless God, that things are going to change. See, there's not been a generation, not since Israel complied to the covenant all the way back over in what we call the Old Testament, other than what the Lord God did in what we call the New Testament, through what? Through bringing Yeshua, his son here, the shedding of his blood, the forgiveness of our sins for eternal life, uh, sending the Holy Ghost back to this earth. And, And like I said, at the time that was all going on, they were keeping the covenant. They were doing things right. Now, somebody the other day said to me, said, well, <clears throat> you know, Paul, was, uh, uh, Paul wasn't into this, into this uh, law thing. And I said, Paul better have been into this law thing. Because Paul, being a Pharisee, took an oath. The oath was simple. If, in fact, I do not keep the letter of the law, I consent to being stoned to death. Now, was Paul, uh, uh, <laughs> did Paul get stoned to death? No. Would the Sanhedrin like to have done it? Every day. They couldn't. He kept the law. The other thing you want to really think about was when Paul brought his two, two buddies in, into the council of Peter and the boys, what was the first thing they told him? Paul, take them out and get them circumcised, or don't bring them back. Now, here's this Paul that doesn't believe in the law. Now, what did Paul do? Well, you boys can stick it in your ear because we don't need that because we've been circumcised by the word no, 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 no. He took them out, they got circumcised, and he brought them back in. Now, folks, if Paul, when it was against the law, was he too big of a weasel? Was he some little sawed-off character? No, I see him Paul as a man. I see him Paul standing toe-to-toe, telling you what he thought and how he thought it. Paul didn't take a, a tuck tail and run. Paul, did, Paul went out and did what? He fulfilled the law with them. Now, maybe he had something else in mind but taking them in there. But, you know, that, that, that's the reason I, that I have said to numbers of you, you want to understand something. Judah is not going to walk up that holy hand, with F, up that holy hill, with her hand in our hand, with us defiling the law. They're not going to do that. They know the law. They, they, for the most part, they know the law. And they're, and they're not, they're not going to do that. They're, they're, they're just not going to do that. And if we're going to go up that holy hill, it doesn't mean because they decide they're wrong and we're right. Somebody needs to listen to that. Some of us get to thinking, well, because it's us and we're going home, and they'll see it our way. No, no. They're going to only see it our way if we're doing it God's way. And then they're going to get jealous because we're going to be raising the dead in the name of Yeshua. 
and they're going to get jealous. And we're going to provoke them further to jealousy. These shirts will be something that definitely, and the, and the hat that we're going to begin to, to wear is definitely going to do what? It's going to provoke them to jealousy. They're not going to like it, but it's going to work. Say, come on over here, Judah. I'm going to show you. We got this, and we got Yeshua. Watch this. See the blind? Be healed in the name of Yeshua. They're blind. Becomes healed. And Judah goes, oh, they do everything like we do. The only thing they've got is Messiah. You see how this thing's going to work hand in hand? Of course, the Scripture talks about the fact that within this is when, when all that's going to happen. There, there's going to be a great outbreak of, of revival within Judah. It has to be because, again, it's written in the Scriptures that Judah will see uh, that, that, that they were wrong. Why? Because God said that he would do what? He would lift the scales from Judah's eyes on that day. Until those, and, and again, that's the reason I've always had this beef with with the church trying to get the Jews all saved and Jews for this and Jews for that. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You can, you can go over there every day. Oh, you're going to get a few of them saved. But folks, this thing ain't going to happen until God lets it happen. You understand what I'm saying? The Scriptures have to do what? Be fulfilled. And if the Scriptures aren't fulfilled, then bless God, then we've we got another problem, don't we? Well... As I said, when you get down into this, it becomes very clear. Let's go. Let's go to, to uh, Ezekiel uh, thirty-four. Ezekiel thirty-four. Starting the eleventh verse here. Let me see how far over this has got to go. All right. The eleventh verse, thirty-four of Ezekiel. For thus saith the Lord God: Behold, I, even I will both search my sheep and seek them out. Now, who's going to seek and search and seek them out? He said, I will. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in, in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land, and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good field, and in a far, fat pasture uh, shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. He said, I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, uh, saith the Lord. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed them with judgment. He says, you know, God is so, is so powerful that I think that, I, that you, he's so awesome about him is that he works on both ends of the spectrum all the time. Again, most of, the, most of our problem is we can't see. We're, we're, we're just tunnel vision types of people. Maybe, maybe that's the way God wants it till He opens that up. But you see, our little worlds and our perspectives of the first church of the righteous or wherever we're out of is all that we know. And what God is trying to say, boys and girls, there's a whole spectrum out here. There's a whole wide world out here that I'm dealing with. And what you're concerned about today in this case, since we're here in southern Illinois, is right here in southern Illinois and arguing with the first church or whatever that is, how wrong they are and how right we are. And that's not, that's not what God's doing. And, and the shame of it is most of us fell in or have fallen or still in that type of a, a situation where somehow we just believe that, you know, well, you know, I've had people tell me, so well, if God was going to do that, he'd tell our, our organization first. I said, oh, he would. I said, then that's, that'd be contrary to the way God has transitioned throughout the time of man. God never chose the going Jenny, as I call it, bless God, to, to, to be that one which would escort in the next dispensation. No, no, no. He didn't, you know why he didn't do it? Because they were caught up into religion by that time, and they couldn't see, nor could they seek him. They quit seeking him. See, that's what happens. When you think you've arrived, you quit seeking God. When you think that, well, this is, well, I won't fast this week, I'll, and then you quit fasting. Well, I won't pray three times, and then you quit praying. 
Then the next thing you know that comes up on you, it seems like that hell come home to visit, and you're sitting there going, well, I don't know what happened. Sure you know what happened. You quit seeking the face of a living God that has promised you. You seek me. You seek after me with all of your heart, and you'll find me. And what we do is, we just, because we're human and we get lazy, we're not going to do any more, now listen to me, than we have to do to get God to move in our lives. That's kind of sad, isn't it? That's kind of sad when you think about it, that we're only going to do what we got to do. Well, so, so again, God's saying here, he said, you know what, boys and girls? He said, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to fix this thing up, and I'm going to cause this thing to bless God to be what it is that I want it to be, and you're all just going to have to get used to it. And if you don't want to get used to it, well, then the, the next story of all is um, then climb on board. You know, climb on board. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, as, uh, let's see, I was, uh, where was I at? 20, I will save them in the flock and also more to be, you know, judged between the, 16. Okay. 16, yes. And I, thank you. So glad somebody's paying attention here today. And I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and bind up that which was broken. And, and see, and, and I, do you understand what he said? He said, I'll seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. Bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. All this stuff. He said, I'm going to feed them. And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord, behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between rams and the he-goats. Seemeth it a small thing unto you to have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastors, and to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue with your feet. And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have fouled with your feet. Therefore thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle, because ye have thrust with with uh, you have thrust with side and with shoulder and pushed all the diseased with your horns till ye have scattered them abroad therefore will i save my flock and 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 they shall no more be a prey and i will judge between the cattle and cattle and see that's his people and his people of course i i know you're smart enough to read in between the lines of this thing that that, that the lord god said look he said i'll do the judging between the cattle and the cattle now the remnant the church, cattle, cattle. God said, I will draw out the remnant. I will call them by their name. Can you hear your name being called? Listen. See, if you could, if, if you could put, your, put your ear into the spirit world, you would hear your name called. Now, what's neat about this is most of us can't do that, okay? That's the reason through main strength and awkwardness, maybe. No, no. You're being drawn by your spirit, by the Spirit of God, and you don't even know that. You know, people say, well, I just happened to find you on this or that or wherever it is that you were on. I happened. To, I just happened. No, you didn't happen to anything. You found it because, you see, you were hearing your name being called and you couldn't hear. And your name was being called and you didn't hear. Your name was being called, and now you've heard. Can you understand what we're doing here? See, it, it, it's a supernatural thing in which, in which all this evolves. And, and the, the, the problem is we are created as carnal beings. There are a few of us that God does and will permit to walk in a heavy part of the other side of the supernatural world. There's very few of us that God's going to ever let that happen to Everybody will work in the spirit realm. Don't misunderstand that. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. 
shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.